Welcome to HPE Live, bringing integrity, etiquette, and excellence to entertainment. I'm your host, Bossman Blaze. And I'm your co-host, Amy P. Today, we'll be hearing from an amazing guest. But first, a thank you to our sponsors. Little Ox Tech, building cost-effective websites for businesses, creators, or even podcasts like ours. Little Ox Tech is ready to help put together the perfect solution for you. Visit Little Ox Tech today and mention HPE Live to receive 33% off your personalized site. Little Ox Tech, a website for your whatever. And by AS Plus Modeling, everything modeling and more. Visit them online at www.asplusmodeling.com. Okay, welcome to another episode of HPE Live. I'm your host, Bossman Blaze. And I'm your co-host, Amy P. And today we are talking with SAG actor Dean Denton. Dean, thank you so much for being with us today. We are so excited to have you. Thanks for joining us, Dean. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I wanted to first start off asking because, you know, we were reading over some of the information you sent us, and it sounds like you've kind of been all over the United States. So right now, are you in L.A.? Are you in Arkansas? Are you somewhere else? I'm not for sure. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm in Arkansas. <laughs> I'm in Arkansas. Yes, I'm at a house in Arkansas. And do you guys need the address? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. No, I'm um, I um I have been the last few weeks has been kind of crazy because well last year because of covid my career <laughs> there was nothing going on it was just so slow for me but now it's really crazy and busy and and I was in Savannah a few weeks ago Savannah Georgia and then Oklahoma after that and then yesterday I was in Mississippi but now I'm home and um my wife's not mad at me anymore because I'm <laughs> I'm gone because you know because who's gonna take out the trash you know when I'm not <laughs> not here so no I'm just kidding but anyway um, so yeah it's it's good to be back and uh, it's just the jobs that I've done in the last few weeks it's just been a godsend and um, I'm just so blessed and uh, they've been some really good stuff it's taken me um, I guess I'm a, it's taken me about 35 years to get the work that I'm finally getting. Um, but hey, I'll take it now. You know, it's, it's that's fine. Uh, it would have been great to get this work when I was in my 20s and uh, in L.A. and, you know, <laughs> the prime of my life. But I'll take it now. So that's fine. It's OK. You know, what's amazing, though, Dean, is that you still look like you're in your 30s. I mean, you look extremely young. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Do you want me to tell you? I don't mind. Okay. I'll, I'm 58. But what's crazy is wow. um, I, I get sent out for stuff that like 35, 40, 45. And, yeah. um, you know, it's my I've got two great brothers, uh, but they. I hope they don't hear this because I'm about ready. To, <laughs> um, they're not going to hear this. So I'm just going to go ahead and say they um, one of them's like 
his hairline is receding and almost bald and, and the others thing. And, and they're like eight or nine years younger than me. So they're so much smarter and physically better than I am and everything, but at least I got the hair stuff, you know, <laughs> so they won't get mad. I, I'm not going to send this. I'm not going to show them this anyway. So anyway, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, uh, I've been lucky. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I've just been really lucky with that. So, but yeah, but my agent sends me on stuff for like, you know, 40 or 35 to 45, that age range. And they actually asked me a few weeks ago, like, how old are you? You know, and I said, well, I'm 58. And I said, I don't know if you're going to play 58. But anyway, so that was kind of cool. But so, yeah, it's been a long journey, a really tough, tough, tough journey. But I up and I kept going and and I try to help other actors that are starting out they get, because it's the toughest business I've ever it's, it's the toughest thing I've ever tried to do it's so frustrating and heartbreaking and and there's so much rejection and and it's just they say don't take it personal but you know I'm still waiting to hear on jobs that I auditioned for in the 80s you know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they're going to come, you know, which is long gone. But but no, it's just hard not to take it personal. And I, one of them and it's just so much rejection. And but somehow I've managed to keep going and it's finally, finally starting to pay off. And I have a, a job in in um, job in, in Savannah right now. That's like it's the biggest thing I've ever done. And it's just taking a long time to get there, but, but I love it and I'm going to keep doing it. And, and yeah, I just, I just love it. And I just want to encourage anybody that's listening to this. If you have anything that you want to do in life, no matter if it's acting or whatever you want to do, just, you know, people are always going to tell you that you can't do this. You can't do that. There's even your family, people in your family may come against you and say, ah, oh, don't do that. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. But if you want to do it, just, that's what your is in your heart just don't give up and just keep doing it you know um I, i'm i'm living proof that if you just don't give up you can do it so yep and you know what i say to the people who ever told dean denton he couldn't in your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually yeah i had this act acting coach in 1984 i'll never forget it um it took me, I, I wanted to do this since I was eight years old, but um, it took me a long time to get up the nerve to do it. our college. My first got to work on a film and where I was going to school in Arkansas. And I knew then that that's what I wanted to do. So I moved to Dallas and studied acting there. But the first that I got into this acting coach after my very first class so long to get up the nerve to even go to an acting class and so i go to this class and after the class was over i said so what do you think and he said i think that you will never make it as an actor and i just don't feel right but you were very nervous and i just don't think that you have a future at all and i don't feel right about taking your money for this class and man i drove home i was you know living in dallas and i drove home it was about three or four miles to my house, my apartment that I was living in. 
And I, I just couldn't believe it. It was just, it was the, he just crushed my dreams and he crushed him. Wow. He crushed him for about a year. And I just, I didn't, I just worked like just odd year. And, and, uh, I realized, I don't, I don't know what woke me up, but I just had this, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I realized that I just can't let that guy dictate my future or my life. And later and I studied with Lou Diamond Phillips and Adam Rourke at the Film Actors Lab in Dallas, and they both encouraged me. Um, yeah, I told them what happened and everything, and, and they just encouraged me so much. And, you know, they, they probably told me I was good when I really sucked and I was bad. But if they just kept telling me that I was good, and after about a year or so, I started to, <laughs> I started to believe it. And uh, eventually I started booking jobs in, in Dallas and stuff moved to LA for about 10 years and worked out there. And, but Lou was very encouraging. And I still, after I did the highway man with Kevin Costner and stuff, um, the writer of that was John Fusco who wrote, um, young guns. And so when he was on the set, I went up to him and I said, Hey, I know Lou was my first acting through that. I connected with Lou again and, and, you know, I hadn't seen him in a long time, like 15, 20 years. And so we've been talking and stuff over the last few months. And he's been really encouraging for me, too. When I when I was on the set of The Highwaymen and my first day there or, or right when I got into town in Louisiana where we were shooting, I had a lot of scenes with Kevin Costner my first day. And so I didn't want to mess that up. So so I sent Lou an email and I said, Lou, can you, <laughs> can you give me any advice or, you know, and he was so encouraging and just, he was great. And after I read his email and everything, it just made me feel so much better. And so when I got on the set and just, it went great. And so he's, he's been really helpful. I still, I mean, he helps me a lot still. So I guess the money that I paid him in 1985 for those acting classes, I'm still benefiting from that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Right. Yeah. And I can personally just say that I remember a couple of years ago when Highwaymen came out. So I'm a huge Kevin Costner fan. So that alone would draw me to watch this film. And then when I saw you, I was like, that's Dean. I know him. And I was just so excited to see you standing next to somebody who has such a pull um, influence in the film industry. And now, I mean, you're working on some major stuff. You're working with Dennis Quaid. Um, You're working on projects that are involving Will Smith and Jay-Z. And, you know, I'm just like so excited to be acquainted with you and to watch your career growing is and just to actually see you on the screen standing next to like this icon it's oh, amazing thanks so much it's um it's, i can't even really believe it it's um I, I i guess just because of all the rejection and stuff and all the and um yeah i um there's a video and i'll send it to you guys um i don't know if i've this to you before but it's a video of when we rapped on the highwayman 
and there for the last couple of days we were shooting close to Shreveport, Louisiana for the for the final few days of, of the scene where we shoot Bonnie and Clyde. And when we wrapped or before we were gonna wrap, I knew that the this that's a wrap for Dean, whatever. And so I wanted my wife to capture that on video. And so I and I said, hey just you know film this because Kevin Costner may come up and shake my hand, whatever. And I, I just wanted that for myself. And and so what was great about it, you know, my wife was shooting this. And when the, dire- the assistant director said, hey, that's a rap for Dean Denton that played Bob Alcorn. And he named all the other characters. And and so Kevin was off to the left of the camera. And he um, shake everybody's hands, the director and everything. And then after that, he came up to me and just hug and said, I'm so proud of you. You did everything I told you to do. And I'm just so proud of you. You got a great career in this. And man, after after somebody says that you're not gonna work in the business, it was God, I'm getting emotional right now. But it just, <laughs> you know, it just it it was um it was the best thing that's ever happened was for him to say that. And um and I don't know, just like I said, after that guy told me I'd never work in this business, and then to hear him say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it just meant a lot." So it was, it was really cool, and I'll never, I'll never forget all that he did for me on the set. He, um, there were a lot of times uh, when he would come up to Hancock, the director, and 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 he's a great director. I love him. He he was great to work with. He's you know, great films and. Um, anyway, he, um, he would always tell John, he said, Hey, let's have Dean this, or let's put Dean in this, or let's do, you know, it almost got to the point where John Lee was like, Oh man, I don't know. (laughs) But, but, you know, (laughs) Kevin was the executive producer. So, and he's Kevin Costner. So John had to do it. So it was great. It was great for me. Try to do everything exactly how Kevin wanted me to do it. You know, and so it was just great. I, he treated my wife so great. Got on set, you know, a couple of days, like I said before, and uh, he took her into um, um, the booth on on the set where they they had a tent because the sun was tent set up with all the monitors, and he made all those um, guys rewind some stuff from the last two or three days of again. And he, he just really was so nice to her. And yes, I can hear you guys. Okay. okay great. We, all right. we heard you. I think you had trouble hearing us. Oh, okay. So sorry about that. That's, That's okay. fine. So I have a question for you. Sure. The, the person that told you that, you know, uh, the acting is not cut out for you. You wouldn't make it. Are you still in touch with that person, or can you find them? Well, what I did is I got some of my mafia friends. That uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I think this guy. Uh, I think he may have passed away, uh, like in the '90s. That oh. I've heard. Not really for sure. I, I actually tried to search for him online. Just to, I don't know that I ever would have contacted him or anything. Um, I'm not mad at him or anything because, you know, I think God 
put him in my life for a reason because that that has been one of the driving forces in in yeah. my um in my career i mean I, i've set out to prove him wrong well i, I believe everything happens for a reason and god did put him in your life for that and you know the reason why i asked you that cuz i remember that uh I seen a Steve Harvey and he said when he was younger, he stuttered and he told his teacher that he wanted to be on television and said that she told him he would never make it. And the reason why I see that, he said every year since his career has, has launched, he sends that teacher a TV on Christmas every year so she could see him on TV since he said he'll never be, on television. <laughs> that, that's great. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I, I'll never forget that class. I, you know, and the thing about it was, maybe he was, he was probably completely right. I, I was horrible. I, um, <laughs> I, I, he, I, there were about 20 people in the class and I in front and, and do this, you know, this monologue and I, my hands were shaking so bad. I couldn't read anything. I was nervous and it, it just didn't, it didn't go very good at all. And so he was probably right for saying that and felt bad for taking my money. And the other people in the class, they were not like that. So anyway, it was, um, but it did, it, it just really fueled my, my fire and I, and once I made that decision a year late, I'm wrong. I, I've taken a long time, but I've thought about that so many times and it's, it's fueled me. So, yeah. So um, you mentioned highway men several times and, and for our listeners and, and I've seen a movie, great movie. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I watched it more than once. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about highway men and what it's about? Sure. It's the, well, most of the movies about Bonnie and Clyde in the past have focused on Bonnie and Clyde, and it kind of glorified them as these heroes, and 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 they weren't really heroes. They were cold-blooded killers. They actually killed quite a few people. I think it was eleven or twelve, maybe police officers. Um, so they robbed and killed a lot of people back in the thirties. And so this story focuses on the lawmen that went after them. Play one of the six lawmen that that helped track them down, and and it was it was weird, uh, kind of surreal being when we finally you know tracked them down and shot them at the end of the movie. We we filmed uh, that whole scene where they were actually shot in Gibsland, Louisiana or close to Gibsland. Um, and so there, we were like 50 feet from the marker where they were actually shot. And, oh, wow. and that day, you know, um, when the director wow. there, they thought that where we were in the bushes, when we come to shoot Bonnie and Clyde was within 10 to 15 feet of where they really were, you know, obviously, you know, 
grass and trees and shrubs have grown up and everything and, and right. but they try to they try to recreate it like it was in 1934 and and so it was just i just remember you know on film sets you have so much time between setting the lights and everything you just sit around and which is one of the reasons i got into film because i'm really good at sitting around doing nothing <laughs> so, that, so that, that's why i got into it but anyway around just waiting on the lights and everything and I'm thinking, man, these guys, they were right here. And Ken said something that I hadn't really thought about. He, uh, in one of the scenes, he shoot this one scene. He came up to me and he said, now, listen, you got to think, you don't know if these guys have, um, people with them. You don't know how many guns they've got in the car. You got to really think about all this because these guys were probably scared. They didn't know if it was just Bonnie and Clyde or if there could be three or four other cars. And he was right. I, I didn't really think about that. So it made my performance a little different when he said that. And he's just great, man. He's, you know, won a couple Academy Awards. I can see why he's just, he's awesome. And I'll just never forget all he did for me. And, but uh yeah it was <clears throat> it was so that's kind of the story it's it's the tale that what they went through the they faced so the focus is on the two, the two main lawmen and then they needed help they weren't they realized that they're not going to be able to do it just the two of them so they they got four other guys which is my character and three other guys and so, yeah, that's that's kind of what the story is about. And they try, um, they try to keep it close to the face as possible. Uh, I, th I think they did a great job, John Lee and the producers. And it was an excellent movie because, like, much history in it, but it's it's not like you're sitting in school watching something about history. It was um, maybe this is the wrong word, but it was a very entertaining film it was very well done very classy and um i didn't know that in that final scene that you were actually so close to um where they were taken down i think that's like such a cool fact for me to find out yeah well um, what happened was when they did scouting locations for that john lee hancock the director and a few of the producers i think that they were they wanted to go to the marker wanted to go see where they were really shot produce that somewhere in louisiana close to where we were shooting all the other stuff okay which was around new orleans and so when they went to that spot which is a, it's i think it's 40 miles or so from shreveport so when they went to that spot they started looking at it and they thought man it would be great to really do and so they decided to shoot it right there where they were really killed. And so they, you know, covered up the marker. They brought in tons of dirt to cover up the street to make it look like it was a road, how it looked. And then they brought in all these trees and shrubs to make the road look a little smaller like it did then. And um, they did a great job. It was, it was fascinating. I mean, we really, you know, we had real guns, obviously blanks, but we had real guns that all the guns that they used then. And uh, it, when we started shooting at the car, it felt like we were really shooting at someone. It wasn't just acting. It was it was the way John Lee created 
just feel like we were really doing this. And it was, you know, I got butterflies when they had that car pulled up and, and we started, you know, shooting and everything. It was like, we were really shooting at some, it was the, it was the craziest thing. It was, it was weird how they did everything. So that's amazing. I love movie magic. I, I really do. And, um, so yeah, I mean like, so highwaymen happened a few years ago, but you just have been working on some more recent stuff too. If you can talk a little bit about it, I know you had mentioned uh, to me before that you, you just got done working on underdog, which is the story. And you were working with Dennis Quaid. Yes. Um, well, actually uh, Dennis Quaid is the movie. I don't have, I don't have any scenes with him, but I do have scenes with um, the two of the leads in the movie, Zach Levi and, and, Pack one. She's she won an Academy Award, I think, in 1994 for the show. Um, mm-hmm. She's in my scene. Um, so basically, I I believe that is a Rams coat, Rams scout. Oh, okay. uh, I playing it a football game, and I've heard about him, and I go there and and um, I try to. Um, get him to come and the coach of the arena football team that he's playing with is Bruce McGill and Bruce McGill and everything. He's been in animal house, uh, just been in tons of movies. And so it was, it was great to work with him because we had several things uh, together and uh, to work with. And I, 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 great it's on how i got cast in this but it took me about a year to get cast in this i read for five or six different roles i sent 35 or 40 emails to casting directors hoba i love my agents that it wasn't going to happen and uh, i these two brothers that are making this film they did uh, i can only imagine and i still believe I love those films and I wanted to work with them. And um, it, it's, it's really a long story. I finally got cast in a role, but before I cast in the role, which was about a month and a half ago, I sent the writer and the producer and the director and a couple other people, even my agent. I said, I have hit a wall every time I've tried to get cast in this movie and try to get, and I'm beginning to feel like Kurt Warner did in his whole career. He just kept hitting these walls till he made it. And I don't know if those emails by anybody, but a two, three after I got cat. <laughs> That's but, amazing. You know, I wish I could say, I, I mean, I love my agents and stuff. Um, but to be honest, a lot of, you know, a lot of actors, they get, uh, an audition from their age the job but for me to work my butt off to get all this stuff it's taken a lot of work to get the roles that I've gotten but but that's okay I don't I don't care how I get it I just want to get the role Absolutely. I, don't, I, I don't mind working hard or you have to invest yourself, you know so, yeah. it's, a, it's a little extra but you're investing in yourself and it's obviously paying off because uh, Kurt Warner is a huge name and 
I'll say I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and Kurt Warner was on the Arizona Cardinals football team, um, and he was a, a huge name, uh, you know, in football alone, but especially in Arizona. And I remember when I was younger, even my mom, she's not even a football fan, but oh my God, when it came to Kurt Warner, he was the hottest thing around, you know? Yeah. He's, <laughs> so he, he's got a great, a name. he's got a great story of just not giving up and yeah, just, and, and that was, I wanted to be a part of this. I just thought, man, you know, I'm not a great athlete and, and I wanted to be, but I never was, but his story of just not giving up that that's my story of haven't given up and I could have given up a long time ago, but I just kept, I kept on. And so I really, his whole story just really meant a lot to me. And, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't give knew the things that I've done to try to get work. And so my God, that guy's great. But <laughs> it, it's paid off, you know, I mean, it's, it's starting to pay off. And, um, the thing about it yeah, was so, they give that crazy guy work. <laughs> and so, are there any specific genre of film that's your preference? And also, with you know, you, you told us your age in the beginning, do you find any of the roles that you were offered challenging? Yes, the role. Um, yes, the role in devotion that I have right now is is. It was very um, because okay. So the reason I got or the way I got that role is the casting director, the main casting director for the Kurt Water story in L.A. Although I got cast by a local casting director in Oklahoma for the Kurt Water story, the main they saw she saw all the six or seven roles that I read in that she cast me in devotion which is filming in Georgia right now and Savannah. And that's a hundred million dollar budget film. There's some great actors in it. And it's uh, about avian to die in combat. And Joe Jonas is in it. Um, Jonathan uh, majors who plays uh, the African-American guy, Jesse Brown, he plays him. Al is in it. And it's also by J.D. Dillard, who's an African-American director, and he's probably the best director I've ever worked with. So I've only... But I go back in a couple of months and do... I mean, not a couple of months, in a couple of weeks and do two more weeks. But it's been the most challenging thing. Uh, it was it was nerve wracking when my first week because I'd never log in front of and they don't have any dialogue into um, you know to a room with them. was a whole lot about it. But it, it was nerve. But I did I did it and it went great and uh, it, it's um, so great excellent have you taken any roles that was physically challenging what you know that involved some running some jumping um, chases? you know like if you go to like um tom cruise's i think it's his website or his like his instagram or 
or his um, Twitter, it says he's been running in films since 1981. <laughs> Which, I, <laughs> but you know, every film and he's running somewhere. And yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> we had a whole lot of challenging stuff. Um, because for, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I really haven't had a challenging physical stuff yet. Uh, I'm up, you know, um, I had a whole lot of challenging stuff yet, so yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, you you look really fit. You look really young. Yeah. I mean, for you to say you're 58, Blaze just pulled up a picture of you right before you got on the call, and he said, "This is Dean." And I'm like, "Yeah." And for as long as I have been following you and been associated with you on Facebook, I would not have taken you from any more than like 43. Oh, thank you, thank you. I I, uh, <laughs> I completely. I did a lot of yeah. uh, <clears throat> drugs back in the eighties that helped. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, I don't know. You know, no. I just got God just blessed me. God, I, I'm not things, but care. And so, I had somebody the other day ask me if he if I was dying my hair, and I said, "Oh my God!" And uh, but no, I'm not. This is my real hair. And, you're so lucky. So, I, I go through a couple <laughs> packs of Sharpies. <laughs> I had um, a young three is, is supposedly this year or so. And John Fusco, the writer of, of The Highwaymen, he, he wrote Young Guns 1 and 2. Well, when I, was, when I first moved to L.A., there was a guy named Keith Lewis. He was the wardrobe guy for Young Gun 1 and 2. But I had actually met him on another film in Dallas and so got to LA. And we've kind of kept in touch a little bit. And I was telling him the other day that Young Guns 3 may happen. He said, oh, my gosh, i got to do the costume again on that oh. show. And he sent me a note. He hadn't seen any of my pictures or anything on on social media or anything in a while. And he said, man, the years have been really good to you. And so that, that kind of a lot, cause I hadn't seen him in 20 years or so. But anyway, but my kids, you know, if I didn't have kids and a wife, I'd look a lot younger, probably <laughs> 22 right now. Okay. I guess your wife is another person you wouldn't want to hear. This. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not here. Cause I can say that right now. So <laughs> From the get go, you've been just harping on her. <laughs> um, so, where are you guys right now? Northern Virginia. Oh, okay. I um, I just auditioned, or I'm getting ready to audition for something that's shooting somewhere in Virginia. So, oh. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in your area there. If you, no, I'm not going to say if you, because you're going to, you're going to make this audition. When you come to Virginia, please let me oh, know. I would love to meet you guys in person. And... I, yes, would love definitely. To meet you as well. I, yeah. I would just love to meet you in person and shake your hand because I really look up to you. And, oh, thank you. You know, I think you've been so kind to me and you've never made me feel like 
you know, I'm in the way or you're too busy for me. And every time that I've ever talked to you, you were just so kind, so sweet. And when you say you're going to get back to me about something, you do. And I really appreciate that because I know you are so, so busy, especially during this time. And you have just never neglected to follow through on what you say you're going to do. So I wanted to personally thank you for that and not just send it in a message. I really appreciate your character. Oh, do we lose him? Is he crying? (laughs) (laughs) Dean. Dean. Hey, are you guys there? Yes, we are. I'm sorry. I lost you again. I'm sorry. We just figured you had to go cry and wipe away your tears from all the kind things I was saying to you. (laughs) No, I live out in the middle of nowhere. So, Uh, Oh, wow. That That makes two of them. It's not great. We're actually literally um, sitting out in a in a parking lot right now. Uh, we live in the middle of nowhere, and we have no reception, so we're working on getting that taken care of. <laughs> um, so we feel you. Hey, there is a group that I may be coming to Virginia soon. So wherever I am, I would love to meet you guys. Absolutely, yes. Yes, yes. absolutely. Please, please uh, let, let us know and... I will do whatever I need to do to to be wherever you are and meet you because I was saying before we got disconnected, I just, I appreciate your character and you've always been kind and I would love to meet you. I think that would be just a huge thing on my life, like accomplishments is to be able to take your hand and meet you in person. Oh, i give you guys a hug instead of shake your hand. Okay. <laughs> Get, hey, you know what? I was just about to say, and I got cut off. I would get COVID, you guys. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I already had it, so I think I'm good for now. But my wife and I had it in December, and oh yeah, man, yeah, we're we're good for. I guess we're good for 90 days, and then, and then we have to worry about getting it again. So anyway, oh, but well, no, I'm have so you guys happy. been staying safe and everything? Yes. yes, absolutely. God we has have. been so good to us. Very good. Good, good. Man, I, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you. So do we. And, and uh, you know, when when we when we get an opportunity to meet you, Dean, I, I may have to go buy that pack of Sharpies after all, because uh, I can tell you this, I'm the same age as you are. And somebody's going to look at that picture and say, who's that old guy you're with? <laughs> yeah, and they're going to be talking about me. <laughs> Not, I guarantee you. I, I probably look a lot older than you, man. My hair, my hair is all white, and we're the same age. <laughs> but here's the thing, Dean, is that when Blaze colors his hair, I mean, he automatically drops down to looking like he's in his thirties. And I, I don't like it. I love the silver hair. He's got you know all great thick head of hair. And this amazing beard. And I just love the silver. I think it makes him look so distinguished. And it's weird when he colors it. Because I'm like, who is this man? Like, I know you, but I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I about this a week or two ago. My, my wife was actually saying this. She said, you know, when you do start to get gray hair, you may even get more work. Because... If you really think about it, actors, it's such a tough business. And as the years go on, like all the actors that I knew 
that I started out with in Dallas, only one or two are still in the business that I started out with. And there was, I had a hundred people or so that started out with me and they're all out of it. But as I get older, I'm thinking, man, if I get a bunch of gray hair, I'm going to work more with that than ever. So, yeah. You know. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit? I know you had mentioned another project, like another huge project um, that's being produced by Will Smith and Jay Z, and I think it's called Women of the Movement. Are you able to talk any about? Yeah, that I can. Yeah, I can talk a little bit about it. Um, so, it's um, the great thing about that. I grew up in Southeast Arkansas, like Greenville, Mississippi. And this film is being, or this uh, series, series, uh, I think it's going to be, I'm not sure network yet. Um, and it's in Greenville, Sumner, and Clark, which is where I grew up. It's like 70 miles from where I grew up. So it's a story about... Um, I think there's seven episodes, maybe six or four, and it's about trouble African American women went through in the '60s, raising their kids and their family. And it's really about just what all the, the women of color went through during that time period. And uh, a lot, but I'm a jury foreman, and uh, I'm a good guy. I'm not a racist or anything like that. Because well, that's one of the first things my wife said. Are you a racist in this thing? Because I don't want you to do it. <laughs> and I said, well, no, I'm not. But you know what? If if they're racist, I mean, you know, there were racists, and somebody's got to play them. I mean, if that got me some more work. And she said, no, you're not going to do that. So... <laughs> So I read the whole thing. I'm not a racist. I'm a good guy. And she said, okay, well, then do it. So anyway, but no, it's, it's really, uh, I worked on it. I realized why Jay-Z and Will Smith did it. The, it it's going to be a great, and it's just show all the, a lot of the stuff that they had to stuff that happened in those areas and be, and it's going to be great. I was hoping that when I worked, I was hoping that they were going to be like Will Smith on the set. And they, were, uh, they weren't, but I did get to meet uh, one of my idols, uh, Timothy Hutton. He was there. And I can't really say a whole lot what he does, but he was with him for a long time and just great great guy he was actually one of the reasons i got into the business i saw ordinary people in 1980 when i was high and i had a friend that worked at the movie theater and he would get me in free and i went and saw ordinary people four times in a row i'm gonna see this again i like you know after the first time when i said yeah and I would watch it, and he said, you want to see it again, don't you? And I said, yeah, and I kept watching that movie over and over, and I just loved what he did. That was one of the reasons um, I became an actor from seeing his his stuff. So, But I got to meet him, and I told him all that, and he was so nice and just, oh, he was great. He was one of the nicest guys I've gotten to, you know, got to work with. So it was great. Made it worth it.
And see, when you mentioned that movie, it shows how differently people think. I, I, I didn't think racist. I figured if the Wayne's brothers could play white chicks, they could probably put you in an afro and color your skin. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. And, and you could have been a brother in that movie. You know? <laughs> that's right. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm so, I think one thing that I told my wife that I'm excited about, and this really means a just like so important to me. When I grew up in Southeast, there were not all of them, but there were a few that were kind of racist. I mean, I just, I grew up in the South and Southeast Arkansas. I'm not saying the whole town was like that, but there were a few. Right. Thank God my mom and dad were not that way and they were not racist. One of my dad's best friends was an African-American guy. And so they, they taught us just to love everybody. And one of the great things about or the things that I'm working on, yesterday I worked for an female director for the first time which should have happened in my career 20 or 30 years ago, but that's, you know, Hey, if it's happening now, that's fine. And then when I go back to devotion in, um, in the, at the end of this month, it's an African-American male director and, and it's JD Dillard. And he, both of these directors just, they're just amazing. And I'm just so glad that I just think the industry is changing a lot. Uh, I just, I just think it's great. I, I'm, I'm just so glad to, I just, hopefully someday, man, it just, just doesn't matter what color you are. We can just all get along and just do some movies, you know, no matter, you know, Amen to that. so I have a couple things to say, um, like on the lines of this is I really appreciate that. It sounds like a lot of the films that you're involved in, they are, they are based off of history. And as a screenplay writer myself, um, I said it just the other day on Facebook, is that when, as a writer, you know, I'm all about entertaining people, but I'm about facts as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things that I write about that I don't know about, I'm a, I've never experienced it. Um, it's things, you know, based off of maybe slavery or some types of abuse and these things that... I have no idea about, but I, I put in so much research about it. And when you actually start paying attention, um, it's extremely saddening. Yeah, um, it is. You know, it really people, is. Yeah. They go through their day and they're like, Oh, well that's sad. And then, you know, they move on to the next subject. But when you start becoming wrapped up in really understanding the situation, it's just an eye opener. And so I appreciate the types of films that you've you've been right. in yeah. um and the other uh, small comment that i wanted to make when you're talking about how the industry is changing um i wrote a, a pilot for disney and um you know i was a casting director on it as well and some of the comments that i got in introducing the cast is you know wow they're so diverse and good job on that and i i i don't know like for me i was kind of like that's a weird comment because I don't look at people for their color. I look at people for who they are. Um, but people are noticing, you know, this cast has African-American, Caucasian, Hispanic, Asian, you know. Um, uh -huh. And it didn't dawn on me, I guess, because I just looked at these people for their talent. 
And uh, I just think it's, it's amazing that, well, I've never understood racism one but thing and what, and, and for somebody to be like, Oh, wow. I'm noticing that you have all these different cultures. I was like, Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I know. It's just, um, I just, I don't know. I (laughs) hope that, just hope we can just all, and you know, I was in LA when the Rodney King meeting happened. You remember that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I was in LA then, and you know, they interviewed him after the beating and everything. And he said something. He said, I thought he was going to say this just great thing or whatever. And after he said it, I did that great out to be one of the greatest things I've ever heard. He said, can't we just all get along? And that to me meant so much to me. You know, he was beat by these guys, but he said, we just, I really, I, that's what I want, and that's what I pray about, and I'll just get along and be the same, and I don't care, man, I don't care what color you are, or or what gender, or whatever, I don't care, I just just want us to all get along and love each other, man, and make some, yeah, right, ask me in the movies, I'm just kidding. So, as, as seriously as that statement is, and was, then, and, and deeply felt, he meant it, yeah. And I remember many years after that, they made fun of the fact that he said, can't we all just get along? I know. Like, yeah. Like, years after, like, even the next day. That. And, right. and, but it's been one of the most important things for me in my life because he was so spot on with those words. And it just, it's just resonated with me. And can't we just, all get along, man. Like, and that, that I've thought about that in my own family, and and not in and, and not in just like in my own family and with relatives right, right. and with friends and with yes, with race too. But it's I always think back to that when there's something going on in my family or whatever. Can't we just all get along, please? And so. I really liked what he said. So, yeah, Blake just had that discussion actually a few weeks ago, and yeah. I think I actually was the one that said, "Can't we all just get along?" I said, "Well, do you know where that's from?" And um, Blaze has some years on me, and and I I've heard <laughs> the name Rodney King, but I was never really familiar with the situation. But I've heard that saying, you know, coming up in my youth, and well, I'm I guess I'm dumb, and I just thought that was a thing people said and he actually broke it down and explained to me where it, it came from and I was like oh wow so you know it is so much more of an impactful statement than uh-huh. I even really realized that it was well and I think um, I think the really hit me when he said that is because of the way the media played it when I was in LA they just showed him say can't we all get along can't we just all get along and they didn't really they just almost made it sound like can he could he have said more or whatever? And so the the way they played it, I thought, well, maybe he should have said more, but then it started to resonate. No, he said the he said exactly what he was supposed to say. And I just I just love what he said, man. Uh, yeah. You know, it's 
that he had a, a, a really big heart for forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, those guys think oh. about what he went through and for him yeah. to say that, yeah. he, you exactly. know, we can sit here and say whatever, but until we were beat and hard as he was, I don't know that I'd have said yeah. that. I'd have probably been mad at the cops and, <laughs> And, you know, I'd have said, man, what the hell? You know, but right. he was, Not he was able to that, say all that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that, you know, um, Blaze is such a loving, caring, forgiving person. And I am not. Um, but <laughs> he has taught you know, I'm not. I'm like, you're on my SHIT list and you're going to stay there forever. Like, I hope you burn. <laughs> and he thought that way. <laughs> Just seeing that in him, I'm like, you know what? Um, he's such a great person and I see all these qualities. And so um, it, I think it's helped me grow as a person, um, being more compassionate to people, more understanding, trying to see things. And, you know, people like, Rodney King, who can be so forgiving, people like Blaze, who can be so forgiving, people like you, who recognize as well um, just their character. Uh, I don't just me getting older, or just the, the influences that have come into my life, maybe being uh, in a different environment. Because where I'm from, um, you know, people don't usually get away with things. <laughs> it's right. a very place where I come from. And just to be around people like you and Blaze who have a, a different perspective, it's really, really enlightening for me. So thank you both for being better humans than I think I'll ever no. be able to be, honestly. Oh. Well, I know we didn't start off. It took a while. <laughs> <laughs> These characters had to be developed over years. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to get too far off of uh, our discussion is on Dean Denton. Yes. But since we we touched on this a little bit, I want to share something, if you will. Um, I listen to a Christian radio station every morning. And on the topic of forgiveness, today, um, they interviewed a minister that was hit head on by a drunk driver. And his wife died instantly in that accident. Yeah. He lost both legs, and then they found out. He in his testimony, he said when he was younger, he did drugs, he drank, you know, he yeah. did everything. Once he gave his life up to God, became a minister, he got married, and he said this drunk driver took everything away from him in an instant that meant the world yeah. to him, you know. And they found out that the young man that hit him head on was not his first incident of crashing into a family while under the influence oh, of alcohol. God. And he got he got three days the first incident. Oh my God. Three oh my days. God. And for the second one, he was looking at life and they gave him four years. Oh. But the one thing that this minister said he asked the judge, can I speak to him and not you? And I want to speak to him without going through you. And the one thing he wanted to say to this guy was that I forgive you. You took away my children's mother. You took away my wife. And the ring that was on his finger, he lost his legs. Mm -hmm. 
And now he's wearing prosthetics legs. And the last thing he wanted to say to him was, I forgive you. Wow. That's, so, a, that's a big... That's, that's so powerful. Know. You know, and I've, I've played yeah. that kind of over my mind if something happened to my or whatever because you hear uh, you hear stories about similar stuff where they go to the prison and they yes. forgive whatever and I've always you know I've always hoped and believed and prayed that I would be like that if something happened to my daughters or my son or my relatives or whatever I just hope and pray that I would be able with my faith I would have the strength to go to the prison or wherever and forgive them just that I pray for that a lot you know and yeah and I just think that's the way we have to be man it's just you know and forgiveness you know I, I tell Amy often Dean is that the toughest job you'll ever have in your lifetime is not where you're employed or what you do for a living. The toughest jobs you'll ever have in a lifetime is being a father, being a husband, and being a true Christian. That is, I thought when I became a Christian, it was like 2004 or five. I mean, I'd always gone to church. And- it was about 2005 when my wife and I really made a change and gave her life to God. I thought I was so stupid. I thought, well, this is going to be easy now. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it was no way. So hard. I was a newbie and I didn't realize it. Oh, that, that's easy. It's the toughest commitment that you will ever yeah, make in your it life. It is. True to the word of God, you know, because there's always going to be temptations and challenges, you know, anger, jealousy, hatred, you know, resentment, you know, holding guilt, and you know, all these things that we deal with as people, you know, and it's a lot of people get out of it by saying, Oh, well, I'm human, but they always say, Well, what would Jesus do? And if you're not making the same kind of choices the same kind of decisions you know then you're really talking the talk but not walking the walk you know that my career in the last few years uh, not that I was doing really stuff but three years ago my my faith was just not where it needed to be Uh, I mean I believed in God but I didn't I don't know that I really believed in God you know and right once I started to really believe in God and focus on him and get into my Bible and pray for others and tithe and just help others. And that's when my career started to change. And I remember um, it was about a year or seven or eight months before I shot the highway bin. I was in my church here in Greenbrier, Arkansas. And my church does really cool things last year. They have, it's called uh, the big screen. And, and they, what they do is they have a real good editing team and they take current movies, Christian, some of them are, but they take these movies and they cut them up, they chop them up in clips and they'll play like a three or four minute clip on a screen. 
and then the past talk about that clip laid it to the bible and it's really it's professionally done it's it looks really great and everybody looks forward to it because that's like you get to watch a movie in church and so they were playing hidden figures with kevin costner and and so i'm sitting (laughs) in the front row and i made sure we were on the front row because that's like my favorite time when they do series and (laughs) i kind of whispered to my wife i said Gosh, it would be nice to work with Kevin Costner. And she said, you will some. And I didn't really think much about that. And then I just kind of prayed. I said, God, I would have been one of my heroes. I really like to work with him. And while I was saying that, you know, the pastor was doing his message and I didn't really even listen. I was just, I was just kind of praying to that. And man, I got cast in that months later in the highwaymen. It was like two months later. And these things that I've been working on lately, these are films and people that I have wanted to work with for a long time. I think God really knows who I want to work with. And he's, he's starting to right. give me the desires of my heart. But it's only because I keep first and I focus on him. When I don't do that, man, my life crumbles. and That's oh, what man. happens. Dean? glad you said what you said because right before you began speaking um i wanted to say that um blaze and i are so big on putting god first in everything um and i feel like as soon as people start doing that with the purest of heart and realizing that their talent is not made to be you know you're not supposed to turn your talent into this is a me 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 show no this is the talent that god gave me for a specific purpose um you know we give glory to god for everything every opportunity every you know people that we're interviewing like you it's just like without god connecting us somehow we would never be able to hear your story we would never be able to hear your Mm -hmm. testimony and to share it with our listeners and now we have we have listeners globally. So you are reaching out to people who are in Germany and Australia and all of the United States and, you know, wherever we go, because um, we're on so many platforms, but, you know, I feel like this is an avenue that God is, is using for us to help kind of open the eyes of not only the entertainment industry, but also to him and what he right. is making possible. Um, I wanted to ask you in, in the end of that, with God's continued blessings, where would you like to see your career go further than what it already has? Um, well, I worked on, um, I worked on God's not dead and that was a few years ago. And I just assumed that I just assumed when I got on that set, well, Hey, right. I mean, you know. It's just, this is going to be great. We'll be Christians on this film. We'll just do this film and everything will be great. But I realized once I got on that set that half the crew and a lot of people, Christians, and I, I got to, and, and I have not told you guys my, my true testimony. Maybe that's another podcast, but it's really dark and long and it was horrible. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a really tough story, but 
I shared this to one of the assistant directors on God's Not Dead. And because we, we broke for lunch, I had a scene with John Corbett and lunch and I'm so nervous and want to focus on my job. I never eat on a set. I just I'll just stay on the set or go to my trailer or whatever. But I when they broke, I just told this director, I said, I'm, I'm just going to stay right here, man. I, I don't want to eat. I just want to focus on what I'm doing. And um, I'm just, you know, I just want to stay right here. And he said, I'm not going to eat either. I'll just, I'll just hang out here with you. He said, so where are you from? And he just asked my story. And I told him about what my wife and I through and how we found God and the dark places that we went. And he started crying and I just assumed that he was just this big Christian or whatever. And he, he didn't know God. And so I'm so glad that I know that that right there wasn't because of Dean Denton's career or anything that I got that job. It was because God wanted me to share my story with him. And that's why I got that role. And so that's, that's what I want to do. My wife always says, when I do a role, she prays that I just want you to be a light for somebody on that set. And I know the industry films, man, I, I love, I love every type of film there is just about, and it's all I've ever wanted to do since I was eight years old, but it's a very industry as a whole. There's a lot of bad crap that's happened. Mm-hmm. There's some of the films are crap and it's just as a whole, it's kind of, there's been a lot of good films that have come up and helped people and stuff, but as a whole, it's kind of dark. And I believe that there to just be a light and just to help one person. If I can just help one person and show them, hey, man, I'm not trying to preach or anything, but this is what happened to me. And my life was going here. And every, every commandment that I just, just about everything and my wife and I we went through all this trouble but we made it out and we put our, our and we made it out of that he restored everything if you guys knew what I had been through with my wife and I and all the troubles that we had you wouldn't even believe it but we gave our life to him and in five or so and and it wasn't overnight he restored everything. I had been out of the business of acting for about 10 years and he gave me my career back. He restored my marriage. My son came up to me one time when he was about eight years old. I had been fighting and, and he, we didn't know he was out um, listening behind the door. And when I came out, we had been arguing. Fight and he said, dad, you guys are divorced, aren't you? And that right there, just, oh man, it, it just hit us both. And at that time, we weren't really believers. And and um, I just, we both made a decision that night. We were going to do whatever it was or whatever it took to try to heal our marriage and everything. And, and thank God she, uh, a couple of months after, and then, then I followed Excellent. her. What's crazy is she found North, in North Little Rock, Arkansas, where we were living at the time involved i didn't go I, I didn't want to have anything to do with that crap and uh 
<laughs> you know, I thought, oh, I'm not getting in that cult. And so, but she, she came home and she just had this little, it was, it was crazy. She had found God and just changed her whole life. And she just shined when she came home. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is, and so that made me, so I started going and it was, it wasn't anything about the church it was just they were just teaching the word of god and and so yes and um we restored our marriage kids their lives and dreams back never act again but i mean how do you act when you're living in arkansas there's no films being shot here everything um, and Hurricane Katrina had just happened, and because being done, and so much of it, or a lot of it, being done, because it had moved to Shreveport, and that was from here, like two and a half, three hours from here. So when I got back into the business, and that was really close, and that's kind of how I got back into it. It's, it's a really long story, but anyway, God heard that, and He restored my marriage, and I went from hating, we went from hating each other, and breaking every commandment there was, to loving each other and being best friends again, and it's 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 a, uh, you know, we went through I don't know two or three bankruptcies. Best lost our house, lost our job, chronic illness, um, two chronic illnesses. Um, uh, uh, infidelity, uh, just everything you can think of. We went through, we went through everything and, but God restored it all. And she's my best friend now, and I love her so much and she's so supportive and, and it's it's just amazing that what God has done. He's I owe him everything. He's everything. and um, yeah, it's just I owe it all to him. So we definitely, definitely um, would like to have you back because you know that's another Absolutely. that's another thing that is a a big thing for us in this podcast is um, you know we have celebrities that we interview and. Um, some of them are really cool about being open to their past and some of them yeah. are not. And, you know, and learning about you and talking about uh, your, your career and where you came from. And um, if you are open to speaking on those things, you know, we want to be a huge influence to people that whether you're looking at the entertainment industry or you're looking at whatever, um, you know, everybody right. has a past. Right. And so if you're, to talk about real that lives and give a testimony we would oh, absolutely I would, love, I would love you um, come back and to just... tell you real quick before we go uh so when we were having all these troubles we we went to some counselors whatever and we went to this one christian counselor couples they have three or four or five major issues right that they're dealing with well so after we, or when we were about ready to leave the counselor he tells us that five years and um most couples they have four or five issues that they're dealing with and we work through those and i have a pretty good su success rate but 
you guys have like 22, 20, uh, just don't see how this is going to work. And so we, we left, you know, we yeah. walked out of there and I'm thinking, well, that wasn't too encouraging. So, you know, but God had a plan for us and, and we made it. So anyway, we can laugh about it now. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd like to say this. Um, when people pray for homelessness, when they pray for the sick and the elderly and the less fortunate, one of the things that we neglect to pay attention to is that we first have to learn to let go of our feelings towards our neighbor and our spouses and our children and family members because great practices right. at home or close to home. So, you know, we pray and we're praying for people we don't know, we haven't met, and we're playing, praying because of, of their misfortunes yes. and their, their health issues, right? But we still hold on to some type of anger or grudge or resentment or bitterness towards people that are right, right in our circles, you know? So I think, that, you know, all good practices and good faith practices starts at home and near to home. You can't pray for somebody in a third world country and be angry with your neighbor right. or somebody that you live with every day. I agree with that. So. That's a tough thing for a lot of people. And I will admittedly say that it is a hard thing. And that's something that, you know, I can personally struggle with too, because you're right there. You know the person. You have ties. And it is, like I tell Blaze all the time, it is so much easier to love somebody yeah. from a distance. You know, um, it, it's easy for me to feel bad for people that I don't know. You could be like a rapist, killer, whatever, but I don't know that about you. All I know is that, oh, that guy lost his leg in, a, right. in an accident. That's so terrible. But if I knew the person, I'd probably be like, right. that's what he gets. You know? <laughs> 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 so it's you know learning to i think humble yourself and so again that's why i always say that these are the hardest positions we will ever have is being a, a leader being a husband being a father you know and and being a good christian those are the hardest yeah, you're right positions yeah, you're we'll right. Ever deal with well, Dean, can you close us out with some words of advice um, that you may have for anybody who is looking to be in the entertainment industry, um, trying to get where you are? And also, um, where can people find you to collaborate with you or follow okay, you? Okay, so my website is just Dean Denbeck. And if they send me a message there, I'll to everybody. And can all, even if they go to imdb.com and to it gives you my agent's name and stuff but it gives you a direct number it gives you my email it gives you my website um i'm not trying to hide or whatever i love talking to people and i've i've been able to help your 50 actors in arkansas get work in other states and, and a whole lot here, but I've been able I've been able to help agents and and work. I don't charge a dime. I just love helping 
I've been able to help a lot of young people and even older people get work as an actor, you know, people starting out and stuff. And I'm real passionate about it. I love acting and I guess. Uh, what else did you ask me? You asked me um, what words of advice. What words like, of advice so would you have? When you're starting out or, and it doesn't really matter whatever there's going to be so well, at least with my own experience there's going to be so many people and maybe people in your own family they're going to say you can't do this you can't do that and like you're just gonna come up against all this negative stuff but i've been able to just tune it out and keep focused god and keep just never giving up uh, uh that's i mean I am where I gave up and I kept believing in God. Sometimes I didn't believe as much, but I always, you know, no one thing, you know, Denzel Washington says that there's a quote, I think he's given, he was giving a uh, commencement speech to some college and he says, um, he's talking about believing in God. There was a lot of time when I gave up on God, but God never gave up on me. And that just, that just really resonated. Right. God never given up on me. And so just, I don't know, just give, keep pursuing what you want. Day you'll get there and things are going to come against you, but you just can't give up. That's like never giving up is like my main statement. Just never give up. Just keep going. And it's taken me really 40 years to get. Still have a long way to go. I've got so many miles and I've got a million miles to go. But I'm so much further than I was in 1981 when I did my first thing. And I'm just, I'm, you know, I'll probably die. Just <laughs> I'm going and I am getting close. I know God is, um, he's really giving me the desires of my heart, but it's, it's only because I've tried to just, I don't know, just honor him and get in the word and be faithful and believe in him and what he wants me to do. And there's a lot of times I want to do when I want to do, but I know when I do what he wants me to do, that's when things happen. It's funny. My wife always says, when I, when I go through these periods and I, I'm human like everybody else and I get down sometimes and depressed and if I'm not working or booking a job or whatever, she always says, you know how to get out of that, don't you? And I said, yeah, just by helping others and getting my mind off acting. When I help others and totally get my mind off acting, he really good bones. It's just when I focus on others and help others, Absolutely. whether it's my family or friends or people I don't know, and I fully focus on them and, and just get acting out of the picture and out of the way, he throws me what I, I want. It's it, every. Mm -hmm. So. He's like, stop focusing on the yeah. acting and focus on me, Dean. Yeah. I'm still here for you, man. <laughs> and when you start 
what I want you to do. Yeah, and you, I'll give you a little bonus. You guys need to talk to my wife. <laughs> she, you know, she she knows this so much, and <laughs> she always says, "You've been over this a million times. Do you not know what he do?" And I say, "No, I think I know what I want to do." <laughs> and uh, anyway, so it's so funny. <laughs> so I'm trying to more consistent in that and not get off track and but man i'm human you know because the actor side of me takes over sometimes it's just about trying to get that out focus on what's important and what's important is that he wants me to do so it's tough i mean you know i'm i'm human uh, you know my wife she always gets me back on track so anyway that's my story good god for her <laughs> well, that was beautiful dean i want to say again thank you so much for your time i'm sorry that we had a couple um connection issues there and thank you for being patient with that but i really do hope um that we can get you back on the show so between your super busy schedule um, to give your testimony, but we are so. Well, I hope it was okay. I, I love you tonight, and just I get to meet you guys in person soon. So I'm yeah, I'm yeah, honored yeah. that you <laughs> can look forward to it. <laughs> we love so I'm I'm very honored. Well, I'm All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, so much. like I said, hopefully we will meet. Thanks so much. Okay. I love you. Very welcome. Take care. Take care. Love Love you too. Remember, tune in to HPE Live. Find us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course, YouTube. Tune in next week for more do's, don'ts, tips, and gossip, and entertainment.